Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Pennsylvania Woodsman Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Shirk, and we are finally wrapping up the month of June. It's hard to believe that we're here, but the month this is our last week in June, and we are within 100 days of the start of archery season. You know, it's, uh, it's I want to say we're right around 95-ish days or so, 90-some, you know, mid-90s for you statewide guys like myself, and then anybody who hunts in a unit where it opens two weeks sooner, man, even better for you. So <clears throat> hopefully you get started shooting. I know I have not started shooting near as much as I want to. I'm going to change that here shortly. Uh, also, hunting licenses are now on sale. You know, we've got the new setup for antlerless licenses where you can buy them over the counter. Uh, you can buy them online. You can buy them, you know, at uh, your regular sporting goods store that sells your licenses wherever you want. But no more pink envelopes. Hard to believe that we have uh, gone away from the pink envelopes that have been tradition for so long. But, hey, things change. <clears throat> um, this uh, We're coming off of Father's Day. Um, so happy belated Father's Day to everybody listening to this who is a, a father. We did, uh, did a little fishing extravaganza with my two boys on Father's Day this year. My wife asked if I wanted to go to some fishing, I don't know if you call it fishing rodeo, fishing camp thing for kids. It was at Cabela's. I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And I was a little disappointed. It was literally a tiny little retention pond. We had a hard time just catching a sunfish, but we still had a good time. Lucas got to catch, uh, he got to reel in a catfish, which was pretty cool. So he was a happy kid, and it was a good day to spend with the kids. And I uh, I got my dad a golf driver because he loves golf and wanted a new driver desperately. So uh, we went a little bit extra this year just because he's been helping me out so much um, with some house projects, which I'm hoping we continue to grind out. And hopefully we'll have the majority of them wrapped up by the time archer season comes because <laughs> it's hard for me to believe that we might still be doing it. But there's a good chance we'll still have stuff to do uh, when hunting season comes for these house projects. And Lord knows I'd like it to be all wrapped up by then. But uh, this coming weekend, our 4th of July weekend, will be my first uh, dedicated time that I'm going to spend scouting and doing any preparations for this year. Um, Hard for me to believe I'm saying that, too. Normally, I've done a lot at this point, but I haven't. Uh, We are going up to our cabin for a, a lovely, long weekend, 4th of July trip. And I have uh, batteries in store. I've got SD cards to swap. I've got cameras to move, cameras to pull. And I've got some cameras that I haven't looked at the cards since October. So they were kind of cameras I wanted to soak. I had anticipated pulling them sooner than this, but it just hasn't happened. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to have some work to do in that regard. But I'm looking forward to it. I plan to shoot my bow just start putting reps in there and and hopefully bring a couple other toys to shoot while I'm there. But hopefully you guys have something wonderful lined up. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, the holiday season. We're turning over the new leaf. I know summer has started and uh, it feels like summer with this weather here lately. So keep busy, keep doing something active. And uh, yeah, just hope all is well with you guys. This week's episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Dwayne Dunmire, and he is the vice president of the eastern part of Pennsylvania for the Pennsylvania Federation of Sportsmen and Conservationists. Now, whenever you, me personally, whenever I get exposed to 
kind of an advocate group or I wouldn't call this group a political group by any means, although they are very, very active in Harrisburg. Um, I, I just like, you, you never know, is there polarization? You know, are you, are you, you know, if you, if you have somebody from a group like this, do you send any messages to people because they're their position one way or the other and I didn't know what to think and to be honest I didn't know a lot about PFSC and it was a great opportunity for me to learn and realize that they're just advocating what the members of the group want and there's no real push one way or the other of, of any kind of polar you know for instance you know Dwayne and I talk a lot about the Saturday opener of deer season versus the Monday opener of deer season. And, you know, Dwayne has his personal opinion about what he would like to see, and Mitchell has his personal opinion what he would like to see. But at the end of the day, when, and as we share, you know, a perfect example of that <clears throat> what they advocate is – what they get the most response of from the organizations and the members that they have within their group, and they're not pushing it one way or another. They're just looking for opportunity. They're looking for decisions to be made on sound science and uh, trying to advocate our outdoor privileges, our outdoor sports as best we can. You know, I think it's too easy to realize or, or too easy to forget, I should say, that there are people out there who want to take away our outdoor privileges, hinder them. There's anti-hunting groups out there, and they continue to try to do things that hinder our freedoms as sportsmen. Not only that, there are a ton of people in Harrisburg, good people, but don't have a clue about what things are being proposed in the outdoor um, the outdoor community, you know, rules, laws, regulations that they have no idea what kind of impact it'll have. And they're voting on these things that could potentially pass and change our lifestyle. Um, there's, there's plenty of examples, but the, the best thing that we can have then is people who educate and help people in Harrisburg understand what they are voting for, and who supports it and who does not. And that's where PFSC comes in. And th- this is uh, this was eye-opening for me. Dwayne was a great guy. He was a great host, or, uh, um, you, you know, great guest, I should say. Um, I, I kind of let him take over the hosting duties for a while just because he was uh, just a, a world of knowledge. And talking from experience in his networking across the state and just trying to bring sportsmen together, bring them together on a united front and just love what we do and keep that going and never let that die. So let's, uh, let's just get rolling with this episode. Have me quit rambling about it. Uh, before we do real quick, I want to give our shout out to our sponsors, Radix Hunting, uh, you know, I've been saying it before, I'll say it again, camera season, man. I am going to be doing my camera pulls upstate on state forest land. I'm going to be moving some cameras around, going to be doing things with my Radix cameras. And if you are looking to update, expand your cameras, whether that is cell cameras or regular cameras, check out their Gen 600s and also check out their M cell cores. They also got plenty of accessories. They also have ground blinds, hunting blinds, <clears throat> and uh, you know plenty of gear to get you geared up here when it comes to your scouting missions. And also Huntworth, guys, if you are looking to imp- you know expand your clothing, if you're looking to uh, just upgrade. If you're looking to get stuff, you know, you're tired of the uncomfortable stuff you've had for a long time. It's not fitting you right. It's not keeping you warm. It doesn't have the proper layers that you need. It doesn't have camo patterns that you like. You want to update things like that. Huntworth camo. I was blown away how comfortable I've been using this camo, both from a temperature standpoint, managing, you know, uh, my heat and cool. But then, uh, you know, the windbreaking aspect of it, but also just the maneuverability, the ability to hike up and down mountains, 
have a comfortable waistband, good bend at the knees, not too baggy of a jacket, you know, really good maneuverability from shooting my bow to, you know, having a backpack. Speaking of, I love their Lodi backpack. I've been using it in a rucking workout. I put 25 pounds of weight on and hike up and down the hill on my at my house for a while. So their, their gear is solid. They're, they're, I love their camo pattern that I'm using, the, the digital pan, pattern, the disruption. I love it. And they've got clothing to get you through the entire season and not break the bank. So check out Huntworth, guys. And, uh, hey, with that, let's get rolling with this episode with Dwayne Dunmire. Joining me today on today's show, I've got Dwayne Dunmire. Dwayne, thanks for uh, making the trip up. Well, thanks for having us. It's it's amazing those little like small world connections that you make too. Because we were talking when we when we first connected, um, I went to high school with your daughter. Yeah, with my oldest daughter Morgan. Yeah, that was crazy. So we started making that connection, and you know you're local here, so that was great. So hey, um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm originally from Western Pennsylvania, um, out towards Altoona little small town called Puzzle Town. Okay. Uh, most people, you know, never heard of that. Uh, came down east here, went to college, and uh, just so many employment opportunities here compared to where I'm from that right. I just stayed. So uh, always been an outdoorsman. I just did a podcast with a gentleman from Pittsburgh and was a uh, journey on the fly. It was more fly fishing, and where I'm from, um, I grew up with my mother's grandfather, and he sucker fished with all his old buddies. So mm-hmm. we would... Uh, Go along the stream and two hooks and blackhead worms and catch suckers, stick them in a net, and the end of the day put them back. And on the way home is always ice cream somewhere, a hot dog, a hoagie, something, and a big rabbit hunter. Uh, hit his old Model 97, and we had beagles. And, of course, that was just, uh, you know, you start out early. You can fish when you're younger back then. And I started rabbit hunting with them like 10, walking along and learning and getting that uh, itch to to get down there in uh, what we called the bottoms there in Haldysburg and hunt rabbits and eventually got to do that and missed probably way more than I ever shot. But uh, <laughs> I think that's the truth of it. And uh, just grew up loving the outdoors. My dad was a, he hunted out west. Uh, and I didn't get to see him much, but we always made time in hunting season. He'd come back and we hunted PA woods and you know, I was that normal PA, uh, 11-year-old, turned 12 in July and just couldn't wait for that first day of buck season. And, uh, wow, you know, the heart beating and the pounding. And, of course, back then, you know, the first day of rabbit, there was cars everywhere. Yeah, you know, it's every, amazing how every, that's transitioned. Well, I'll get into that later about the rabbit hunting in PA. But, man, we grew up and eating Halloween candy. And while we're rabbit hunting, here those dogs. And then the dog, we always had an older dog named Smokey, and he did not. And he just stayed with the hunters and uh, let the younger ones hunt. But uh, I, I wouldn't change my outdoor pass for anything. And then I came here and, you know, um, went to college and stayed around here in this, and what I call the eastern part of the state, Lancaster, Berks, Lebanon. Continue to hunt and still do, but I still go home to Altoona to hunt with my family. Gotcha. And you said you, uh, you said of all the things you enjoy, is is deer hunting one of the things you enjoy the most now? I do. You know, and I'm, I'm not so much about the, and I, trust me, I, you know, getting a nice, beautiful buck, and I did last year, it's, it's a taxidermist, you know, and you think, I like being out and just watching. Uh, as you get older, you get to that stage. Sure. My son's 31, and I uh, try to get a deer early in archery so I can help guide some kids, mm-hmm. get them a deer. And I did that last year. We guided a kid, and he, he got a beautiful little five-point sure. PA game lands. But he was excited. Now that's all he wants to do is hunt deer, and that's what it's all about. And um, I do like deer hunting. I like, um, as you get older, the cold bothers you, so the archery is uh, very appealing. <laughs> And, uh, and you can pick and choose, you know, if it's raining, uh, I'm not going out this afternoon or if it's, it's just not feeling the best. Cause when I grew up, you had to, you know, three days of dough afterwards. And, mm-hmm. and most of the time it was foggy and icy. And it, if you were sick and you were still out there. So archery's, uh, been really good to me and, and just to see nature is just tremendous. Yeah. I was telling somebody that's, uh, 
not really a hunter, so to speak. They they have no problems with hunting, but I was explaining, and they were asking me about my turkey season, mm. and I had a I had an incredible turkey season. I for the first time in my life, I killed two birds, wow. um, in PA. I you know, got both tags, filled both of them, but I did it in the first week in three hunts. You know, I hunted three times, killed two birds. It was unreal, and I was so blessed. But I, you know, they they said, do you, like, do you ever feel like you know almost upset that it's over i'm like oh yeah like killing isn't the fun part hunting is the fun part and 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 like they didn't understand that because you know hunting you know killing is part of hunting obviously but there's so much about it and you were talking about taking kids and transitioning to take stuff like that continues the hunt and instills it into a, a younger generation and that is that is very important i mean we we've got to keep this tradition alive and that's kind of where uh, you know, in a, in a sense, where you're you're coming from with PFSC too. So I'm kind of curious, how did you get into the position you're in with PFSC? Well, and and sp- explain. I'm using the abbreviation sure, PFSC, Pennsylvania Federation of Sportsmen and Conservationists. Uh, just a brief history here. Uh, we're 91 years old this year, and if you go back, you know, 91 years, coal mining was very uh, prominent, and it still is in some parts of the state. And five gentlemen just saw their streams being just decimated by the you know the pollution so they joined they formed this organization to say we we got to get to the capital and, and let people know what's going on because they they love trout fishing they love fishing and they want to you know pass it down so the, it's been going on we're the oldest uh organization that does this in the state and what makes us different is I, be, I belong to a lot of national organizations, and they're wonderful. They are. They, they have their place. And I tell people, well, if we join a national, why do we have to join you? Well, a national, and I'll use the NRA, belong to the NRA, their whole book is United States, and they have a chapter in PA. Mm-hmm. Our, we have one book, and there's 67 chapters because there's 67 counties. Right. So, and I'm, listen, I'm really, we are, you know, we're concerned, like New Mexico banned i believe trapping on public lands that does concern us but at the same time we'll watch it because you know things are emulated in other states my concerns pennsylvania mm-hmm. and i've been in new mexico so um and and hopefully that'll get changed out there but uh we're just pennsylvania and the way i got is you know there's sportsmen's clubs I don't like to use the term gun clubs, but mm. sportsmen's clubs all through the state. Uh, we're in Schuylkill County. I believe there's 31 in this county. There's a lot, yeah. And I was in another county and just started going to the local club, you know, and, and hey, shoot your 308 and your hot six, whatever. And hey, you want to maybe be a trustee, be an officer? So you find this out. And then Schuylkill County has a very, very active. Uh, county federation where they're all 31 clubs have meetings and then they send a representative once a month to the county meeting so information you know, who's having a youth day who's having a fishing derby and they support each other and i started doing that and my county became an officer in a club got involved in the county federation and we, we were uh, at our youth or i'm sorry our county rally down at middle creek and I was one of the fundraisers to get the prizes, and the new uh, executive director was there and heard and said, hey, do you want to get involved here at this county level? And um, I said, let me think, because I found out who the guy was. His name was Glenn Blauk, and he has uh, passed, but he was a mentor to me. He represented us at the PFSC. I didn't know the PFSC existed. And so I just got involved and, and, and uh, talked to Glenn, and he gave me his blessing to take his position as the county rep. He was in failing health and got involved there, then became uh, our member-at-large person, uh, officer, had a horrible accident. And they said, do you want to fill in for her? Okay, so <laughs> fill in for her, went through some transitions, and they said, would you consider being the vice president? So I'm kind of curious a little bit. What was your motivation in enrolling into a position where you're, you're you're helping giving back from the gun club side to the to PFSC, like what 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 prompted you or was within you that said this is something I want to do for the outdoors? Well, I, I'll compare it to <laughs> I, I did a youth day at our local club uh, for their hundredth anniversary, and the kids were excited when they got their prizes afterwards. And I liken it to, and this is not a long story, but 
when I think it was either Rocky One or Rocky Two come out, my brother and I, and I was young then, we get in my brother's old Chevy uh, custom pickup truck after the movie, and there's a kid running down the uh, alley, and he's shadow boxing. He was so moved by that movie that he wanted to go. I, I was scared he was going to hurt somebody. But, you know, he shadow boxing. I'm thinking, that's what we need to do with these kids. We got to get them excited that if they go to an event and they get a fishing rod, they're bugging their parents around. We got to go fishing. We got to go fishing. I have tremendous memories. And the joy when you, and I tell everybody, if you're going to do something, mentor a kid, look at the look in their face when they get their first year, they catch that first trout. If we don't do that, it's lost. And so the word tradition means nothing then. So giving back, I mean, that's, with my college background, we were trained to, you know, service the community and work with them. So I just got involved. With it. I like their mission, and uh, it's uh, led to me meeting a lot of great people. And and be I'm I'm inspired when I talk to people like you. And there's so many organizations out there that are helping, but we need to be a little bit more organized right. together. Well, tell me a little bit more about the mission. Like, what is the mission? What is uh, what's your goal? And what what's uh, what's kind of the mission statement behind? PFSC. Our goal is let us go to Harrisburg. That's the capital. So you can enjoy the field, the range, the streams. Mm-hmm. Everything turns political. Let, let's just face it, it does. Um, and we're the group that goes into Harrisburg and we talk to the, the assemblymen and we talk to the agencies and say, listen, you know, this new bill's coming up, and we work with them. We work with the Game Commission because a lot of times some of these assemblymen, and no fault of their own, they get in to serve on a, a political level. They may get on a committee or ask to vote on a bill that they know nothing about. Right. And, and, and it's no, no offense to them. Um, and so what we do is we provide information to them. Yeah, you're going to vote for this bill. Let, let's look at everything. Um, and so, because a lot of times they just, you know, and it, again, you're a young assemblyman, and they, they're just going to vote on something because that's what you do. And and how many of them that you're actually talking with have an outdoors background? It's getting less every year. Yeah. It, you know, I use the picture, and, and I don't want to turn it Republican-Democrat because that's not the case. You know, there's a picture of uh, President Kennedy. I think he was holding an AR, mm-hmm. you know, um, and – Everybody thinks, oh, it's Democrat, Republican. It's not. It's the culture we're living in where people, some of the politicians have never fished, never owned a dog, never heard a turkey call. And so they're voting on things. Like, and, and no, for, you know, some parts of our state, we it's just not outdoor based. Some of the counties, well, they're voting on a fly fishing bill or a rabbit hunting bill in Center County. They've never even been to Center County. Mm. So, we are out there with the other agencies providing information, and it's a political world, and so we just provide information so that we can keep this tradition going. Gotcha. So, so that's the. I mean, that's definitely a rabbit hole that we want to go down a little bit today because politics are they're messy, they're polarized, they're there's so many things, and a lot of people, you know, when you get into the hunting and wildlife side of thing, it'd be a lot of people will just make the blanket statement of keep politics out of the out of wildlife and stuff. But at the same time, that's never going to happen to a degree, right? Never. And never. Uh, I'm I'm kind of curious, like, tell me a little bit about like some of the more recent um, things that come to your mind that's or or things that are on in the in the works that. Maybe general sportsmen wouldn't even have a clue as far as, you know, bills, regulations, things that would just go um, outside of our general knowledge of things. Like things you're working behind the scenes we wouldn't even see, I guess. Well, I tell you what, the one year during COVID, there was a lot of, and there, there's all, there's always going to be anti-gun, anti-hunting bills mm-hmm. being uh, proposed. Now, how far do they go? A lot of times you never even hear about them. But we're, we're watching every one of them. Um, I believe there was over 91 year in this wow. state that nobody knows about. Yeah. Because, you know, till they get to the committees and the appropriation committee and, and the fishing game, it, it gets, there's a lot of votes needed. But at the same time, each year, it's getting more acceptable to accept some of these mm. bills that really, they have, they don't have, 
they're not hunting or fishing or conservation based. But it's, it trickles down through. It trickles down through. And so what our organization does is we we have a guy named Mike Kreiner who's our uh, director of uh, legislative issues. Tremendous man. Uh, so smart. And he, he takes me to Capitol and guides me through everything. And I go, well, this will, man, you know, he says, oh, this bill's coming through, but don't worry about it because it's never going to see the light of day. But the fact is, it is being introduced. And, you know, it's like asking out your first date. You may ask 10 times before she says, I'll go out and get ice cream with you. But sooner or later, it's going to come down to pike. You're going to get ice cream. You know, so that bill could, this session may be introduced, never goes anywhere. Five years, now it has more feet to it. Well, and I think that's really interesting. That's a really good analogy you put because, I mean, you think about when you're in high school, college, or whatever, and you get persistent enough <laughs> that you just wear her down. I mean, that's how I got my wife. I don't know about you. But anyway, um, no, like when there's a special interest or an extremist or a very passionate group of some sorts that's against us, um, continuing to knock on that door, when you're getting um, very neutral or un- I don't want to say uneducated, but unaware individuals that are holding office. Yeah. Um, you know, at some point, it's it's probably going to, w- without the pull. You know, the 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 response from somebody like PFSC, it's probably going to just slowly work its way in, just because of the persistence of it, right? That's the way it goes. Yeah. Yep. And there's people that they'll run for office office on a certain agenda, and their agenda may be anti-hunting, anti-guns. Mm. And so, you know, that's what we work at, and we all want people to be safe. There, There's nobody out there that wants anybody to be unsafe. We got to perceive or present the hunters and the, sport, and the trappers of the service we provide, how safe we are, how concerned we are with things. And, uh, you know, it's not 1975 anymore. You know, we, we have to change with the times, and the PFSC is doing that. We are representing large groups. So changing with the times is very difficult, regardless of whatever area of life you're, whether we're talking about white, uh, you know, white tailed deer hunting or, you know, whatever. Um, speaking with changing with the times, so we, we talked a little bit and I'm, I'm sure we'll circle back to this, but we were talking about the polarization between basically anti hunting or anti gun or something like that and the hunting community. But what about like the polarization we get within our own community, the hunting community itself. Like, how do you stand in a, in a position where you're, you're trying to fight for the entire community when there's polarization within our own community in certain hunting aspects? Well, you're not saying it, but you're saying it. The big one right now is the Saturday-Monday open. Yeah, that is a big one. That, that's huge. I see both sides of the coin. Sure. I, I really do. You know, I've been part of a hunting camp, and that hunting camp eating out of the same frying pan for three days and, and, and getting your shirt tail cut off and where's my boots and are filled with whipped cream. That's all good stuff, man. Yeah. That, that really is. You know, how many how many of us older, older hunters have shirts with no shirt tails on them uh, for, you know, missing a deer? But then you see, well, they moved it to Saturday mm-hmm. um, and people were upset and understandably so. Um, so there's two sides of that. And I walk into places and they want to hear, you know, oh, you should be moving it back to Monday. No, you should keep it. I mean, part of the state wants it to stay Saturday. Some want to move it Monday. What we're doing is uh, we want the game commission to handle that. Because once you get the General Assembly involved, it gives them a little momentum. Mm-hmm. Now what else can they do? And so there's that what do we do here? So our PFSC stance has been the game commission manages over 400 animals in this state. And they're not all game animals. Let the game commission make the best decision they can for the sportsman. The PFSC does not always agree with the game commission. Well, sure. And, but at the same time, we want them to make the decision because they're the experts. Well, one thing you told me on the phone when we were talking, um, you know, this issue of the Saturday Monday opener that's not a scientific biological decision whatsoever that's an emotional decision that's a that's a, a what's the the word I'm looking for like a, a decision for public based nothing on science I mean yeah. um, I don't care what anybody says I don't think adding an extra weekend into our firearm season is going to have a drastic effect on our deer population I don't think it's going to have any repercussions it's probably going to just have more opportunity blah 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 um, 
you were talking most, mostly about the biological components. You know, when it, when it comes to making those decisions, you want to be on the forefront of making decisions that are based on accurate science, good data. And that's one thing I really appreciate because that has the greatest impact for us all. You know, it, it people think it has more of an impact of when the first day of deer hunting starts because that's what their tradition is. But really what's important is maintaining and improving populations, habitat, yada, yada, yada. So speak on that a little bit, I guess. Well, you know, what I, I can remember the last year, and I, I wish I knew the date, the last year you could shoot a spike. Yeah, 2000. 2000. I, I, yeah, it, yeah, it was. Uh, so I'd never shot a spike before. Never. And I'm like, I want one of those big six and a half, seven and a half inch spikes. You know, I, I did. I, I know I'm, I'm, people are like, no, he should be shooting a 180 class buck. I wanted a spike. I did get a spike that year and it was no six inches. It was, you know, four inch spike. Um, look that we were putting in antler restrictions. Mm-hmm. Well, the buck that you got the next year, you took to the taxidermist because it was 16 inches wide. Those deer aren't going to the taxidermist anymore because right. now you're talking 20, 21 inches wide and the girth on the antlers. I mean, so that was a, a big controversial one that people didn't accept right away. But now I'd love to know the uh, financial impact on the taxidermist because to my knowledge, I got a nice buck in 2002 I shot it in November. I had it back by June. Now you got old taxidermists are like, it could be 18 months. Right. Uh, what do you mean 18 months? Well. And they've got the, that much work. It, they have that much work. Um, so the deer hunting with the Saturday, Monday, is there a biological aspect to it? And, and you're right. Shooting a deer on Saturday is no different than on a Sunday or Monday. It's still taking of an animal. Yeah. So, but we went to game commission to do it. And it is a passionate issue with people around the state. Same thing with Sunday hunting. Very passionate. Oh. Very polarized. Polarized. Yes, it is. And I see both sides of the coin. Absolutely. And it's not that I'm I'm waffling back and forth. I've been with camps. I like the Monday opener. I like that tradition of going up Sunday up to Altoona, my brother's house, watching football. Um, we just cut our Sunday short now. We don't hunt that day as much. And that's the beauty of that you don't have to um but at the same time i i get i get the other point and i hear it when i speak and it's a, i hear it in different parts of the state some parts of the state it's not even a concern yeah and some they'll they'll beat you up on the way to your car which is okay <laughs> you know yeah and i i love that passion and the energy because it, i i that to me says there is enough people in this state and in this country that want to fight for what we have right now yes. as, as far as wildlife, hunting, conservation, trapping, so on and so forth. That's really good. But um, you know, one of the things I want to try to do with my show, and I, I think I, I just want to be with it, I just want people to unite as one and mm. understand we're going to have differences. You, you know, that, that is going to happen. But the, the more I can support you, you know, if, if you would prefer um, hunting on, on Monday versus Saturday of the opening season, but, uh, you know, I, I just want you to be successful. And, and, it, and I don't think changing the, the Saturday, Monday back, for the, I don't think it's going to have an impact on my hunting. So if it's more positive for you and I can work around it, that's okay. And that's the kind of mindset yeah. that I would just love to have with people like where, where's the positive in everything that we do well that's true we're, we're fighting uh and that's not good because then it the perception in the public is these guys don't get along mm-hmm. and it's not that we don't get along there's passion behind it and I, i'll give you a good example i just visited uh last spring last summer a group of people that banned hummingbirds what does that mean they catch them and they put a band on them and they record where oh, they're banned. Okay, yeah. Gotcha. Now you say hummingbird. I'm going to tell you what the passion on that. We were on somebody's house. They're on a route where they come through the passion for doing that's equal to deer hunters. Mm. I've been to, and I talked to trappers and we rep, we're with the Pennsylvania trappers association. They're with us. They're on our board now and they've been for a while, but these guys are, pacing the night before the first day of trapping mm. they're passionate what we got to do is 
okay, we're all passionate, but can we come together and put that passion in the right direction? And the fighting on Facebook, TikTok. It, oh, social media is just an evil, it, evil it's, thing. It's terrible. And so uh, that's where we come in. We're like, hey, let, let's all sit down at the table, get your group involved so you have a vote, and let, let's talk about this, and let's let's be a united front so that when we walk in the Capitol, we're like, hey, the PFSC is here. And we're not a radical group. We, doors are open to us, independent, Democrat, Republican. We're not a radical group. We want science-based. We want what's best for the environment. Um, and we want to continue the tradition. Now, whether it stays on a Saturday or Monday, I'm with you. To me, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm a big archery hunter now, mm-hmm. but I do love rifle hunting. In the sure. game. I, I do. I love it. Um, but let's let's join together and let's make the best decision we can. If you're looking to simplify your food plot system while enhancing the quality of your soil, you need to check out Vitalize Seed Company. Vitalize provides top quality seed blends designed to fit into their 1-2 planting system. The system has been designed to allow highly diverse plant species to grow synergistically, optimizing nutrient uptake and cycling the way God intended. Reduce your inputs, build your soil, and maximize the quality tonnage for the wildlife in your area. Find out more about this system and get your seed at vitalizedseed.com. And be sure to check them out on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, well, you talked about science and people being passionate about stuff. So, you know, I, I, I always go to whitetails because it's very passionate for me. It's probably, the, it is the most talked about game animal in North America. Um, and, you know, there is a, there's a lot of information about out there about how to improve your property for whitetail deer and how to do this and that. It's whitetail, 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 whitetail. Um, but what I've learned with, with the, my 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 short background in, in science and things like that and networking with very, very well-established biologists and people who understand ecosystems is when we improve things for the betterment of the entire ecosystem, the entire wildlife, we all benefit. Mm. The, the, the species that, um, that we, we pursue, um, let, let's face it, if we, uh, if we have a, a well-balanced prey population, predator populations are always synergistic with that, and that's going to give opportunity for trap. But if we, if we do things right at the habitat level, that's going to trickle down for all of us. And I think it's difficult for us to understand because you know, the simplistic mind is, well, I want more turkeys. So we just need to do everything across the state to make more turkeys, right? But, you know, and the reality of that is manage, managing the landscape for what we have is going to improve everything, and we all benefit from that. I think that's really important, understanding that balance. Well, I'm sitting here by your house. You said you put a new roof on here. You have a swimming pool. It wasn't like this when you bought it. You, you're doing little things all over. It's better for your in-laws when they come over. It's mm-hmm. better for your kids' friends. It's better for your business associates. If you kept it the way it was, no, nothing, nobody wants to live here if the roof's leaking. Right. So when you look at habitat, it's the same thing. Let's improve it. And I, I love, you know, first I didn't get it before I was with the PFSC going to game lands and they just clear cut this area and put this fence up. Well, you come back two years later and they have the little door you can go in. You walk in 10 feet, you're like, I want the skin on my face. So I'm leaving because there's briars and berries and that's heaven to animals. Absolutely. Not just deer. That, that, that's just, and our, some of our woods, forests. And Gary Alt was with the Game Commission. I've watched most of his videos. He said, if you can see 100 yards in the woods, it's not a healthy forest. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of game lands where you can shoot 150 yards. It's not a healthy forest. But as soon as you bring that habitat, your songbirds, your deer, your turkeys, your grouse, your pheasants, your everything just explodes. Yeah, and a lot of people think all the time, I've, I've heard this statement about, well, you know, when, when settlers came here, um, the woods were all the same age, and that's not true. I mean, you look back in, in a lot of the uh, the historian writings and stuff, there was a lot of different age force because you have natural disasters. We had an abundance of wildlife that managed it on their own, right? Um, you know, we had Native Americans that, that took things sparingly and, and, and you know, was was not overkilling in any sense. And then you look at um, you, you look at the history of Pennsylvania alone and a lot of our forests. Like I just hunted, you know, my, uh, I, I hunt, uh, you know, a bunch of counties in the northern tier. And, you know, 
you know, Potter County, Lycoming County, Clinton County, Tioga, a lot of those places where you have those large woods, they're all the same age forest because it all was cleared within a certain yes. time frame. You have all those logging roads. So the fo- age of the forest in Pennsylvania is the same across the board. And there's no structure. Like one thing I learned from the wildlife side of things is any time that you can uh, vary the height of canopy – and you, you, you know, from, from deciduous forests of 100 years to 20 years to conifer forest to grassland, the more diversity in canopy, the more diversity of, of vegetation and wildlife yep. that we have. And so you, you, you think about the broad spectrum of Pennsylvania, we don't have that. And there's, there, again, there's a lot of just lack of knowledge of why things may be done a certain way to improve it. But it's like you said, in the long run, you start seeing it opens your eyes and go, wow, this makes sense. It's better for everybody. And I like that you fight for that, for for, for sure. Well, for all those people listening and watch Yellowstone uh, season five, they're getting ready for the cows to come in and they're talking and there's a fire off in the distance. And the one actor says, well, that's, that's Mother Nature. She burns it down, then puts it out, keeps the forest gone, like, yeah, that like you just said, things naturally happen, and now we have to help sometimes with some of that stuff. So, um, I I love that some of our forests are being rejuvenated, and it, it benefits everybody. Yeah, I think the thing people got to realize too is what happened, you know, hundreds of years ago, and the the things that has happened over time with man. We've degraded a lot mm. of our a lot of our habitats, a lot of our forests. You know, you think about acid rain. How has acid rain affected this state? It's it's greatly affected this mm. state. It's greatly affected our soils. Um, I'm not opposed to clear cutting, but we had a massive clear cut that changed the forest structure. We've had invasives come in over the mm. past hundred years, and that's all things that have just just really changed our structure so it's going to take improvement so you know what we see in the field in certain places as far as the maybe the lack thereof of what used to be um it's not going to take it, it, it you can't fix a problem in five years that's been created over the last 100 that's it true. takes a long time for for doing that um but the only way that we continue to go in the right direction is is circling back to what you're what you're talking about here with us um yeah tell me a little bit more about you know things that have happened and you know is there any other hot topics right now that uh you'd like to share with us that uh pfsc is is working on well unfortunately most of our time and unfortunately fortunately it's the saturday monday we're getting a lot of response mm-hmm. and it's just heated and you know we're not going to get too on the cutting edge and make a definitive we want the game commission to say what do you feel is best and you're right sometimes there's decision made that are emotional um as of right now like we represent the trappers and there's really nothing coming down the pike with trapping every now and then a a bill will be passed on a certain trap or something you know and we watch that and then the trappers tell us how we should present it Mm. um off the top of my head, I don't know one right now that we're really, uh, you know, Congress is new mm-hmm. in PA. They just put in a new house, a new Senate, and we're getting acclimated to all those new people. And uh, we'll see what the summer brings. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, of course, the online doe tags, yeah. that's a big topic, especially with the older generation. How am I going to get my doe tags? Well, they just increased it across the state by... About 147,000 or so. I'm not sure. Okay. It was a lot. And I may be wrong on that, but um, I don't know anybody gets refused on the first round of any WMU. No, as long as you're timely. I mean, I've also had uh, I've had cases where, you know, you, you get it sent in late and you're good. I think there's a couple specific well, units, but it's yeah. very few and far between. Like the, the southern tier, like uh, the York counties, Lancaster counties, I think they go pretty fast. And, and then in what they used to call the triangle, the Clearfield Center. They go fast, but I'm from Altoona, and by the third round, there's, there's still tags left. Right, right. Um, so that's one that we're watching, and, and that, that was, I think, Senate Bill 431 that went through, and that's already a done deal. They're worried about the system crashing. Right. And that's that's feasible. They The Game Commission admitted they're working on that. They're going to do everything they can to eliminate that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just got to work through them. Um three of the four 
bills just came through the House with the red flags and stuff. But it has to go to the Senate yet. Mm. So we're watching that. And there's the politics come in. Is People perceive that as a Democrat bill versus a Republican bill. If it goes to the Senate, I think the Senate's 26, 28, 22 with Republicans. It may never see the light of day out of the Senate. We don't know. So we watch them, and and it may take a long time for them to even get on the floor of the Senate. Mm. So... One thing I was thinking of as you were speaking, too, what about, you know, the Pennsylvania Game Commission does manage for and some species, game animals, non-game animals. Mm-hmm. Do you get involved in any kind of bills or things going on within our state that are non-game related? Um, well, yeah, we do. You know, wetlands are, I, I love wetlands. I hunt some wetlands upstate. And when you have organizations that they live for that particular wetland and a company wants to take it over and do something. We do help out a little bit there and we will get involved um, because we want, we want you to be able to hike, even if you're not a hunter or fisherman, we want you to hike that you're not seeing pollution. Right. So we do, we do uh, get involved in that at time to time. And then what will happen is organizations will ask us to help them. Because we can't be, we're trying. I mean, we'd love to say we know everything in every little county and every township, but we don't. Sure. So uh, we, we do. We do get involved because we want clean environment, and then everybody profits. Exactly, and that was what, kind of what we said earlier. Like you get, uh, get clean environment, uh, quality habitat, everybody benefits from that. You know, yeah. I was thinking of stuff when it comes to the game, non-game. One, one of my biggest pet peeves, and, and this is me sticking my neck out, but I don't really care. I it drives me nuts when I think about uh, our hunting license sales, taxes, things like that, going to things like putting a video camera on a bald eagle nest. Drives me nuts. Now I'm not saying that's a bad thing, yeah. but for me, um, I I can't see through my thick head how is that benefiting that how is how is that benefiting the overall greater good for our wildlife and i think there's an educational piece to that and there's an enjoyment there's a connection to that and i understand all that but it's a non-game related thing for an organization that's really dedicated to games so like that's just me being a blockhead um but uh you you know what, what i liked what you had said there with with the the things like outside of the 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 game side of things is you're 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 basing it off of quality environment habitat and science-driven solutions regardless of species and that's important you know we've kind of beat that dead horse it's huge and i'll tell you what i needed to do when i got i only been involved pfsc about three and a half years is put some of your personal away because i i I give you a case i'm sure when you talk about the science and and progressing somewhere out there somebody's listening and they were the first one to show up at the hunting camp with a bolt rifle back in 65 and all the oh you're gonna shoot all the deer you showed up with a scope sometimes you gotta change your thinking here and say like with the eagle camera educate ourselves first right where is this leading and why do we want to do it and then what is the result of the data you're getting and if the game commission or whoever's doing it come back and say here's why we want to do it Mm-hmm. This is what we hope to achieve or not achieve. Let's do this. It's like our uh, winter edition here, the Martin. We backed studying the reintroduction of the Martin. Right. Not we didn't. We did not go and say let's do it. The trapper said, we we took a vote. They're on our board. Do you want us to back the study? There's nothing wrong with a study. No. And if you get a chance, listen to that young, the biologist present, and he gives a. You take the Martin out of the presentation. The history of the Pennsylvania woods is incredible, what it he is. says. But then you put the Martin in. So right now it's just the study stage. What is the end result they're going to have? Again, when they first said we're going to – you have to shoot three on one side, there was an outcry everywhere because a lot of guys like to shoot the first buck, and there's nothing wrong with that, and be done. I get that. If they would say, hey, let's go back to shooting – There'd be more of an outcry if they say, let's go back to shooting any deer. 
than there was to say let's only shoot the big ones. I think a lot of us um, live in our own little world. Yep. We have our own our, our mindset that we don't want to change. But you know this being in the position you're in with PFSC, and I've learned this in this in this two years of doing this show because um, I've I've forced myself to interact with an array of different sportsmen. Um, and it's it's put me in situations where I'm getting outside of my comfort zone mm-hmm. and challenging things that I think. And to me, anytime you challenge yourself and you you put your, your, your what you believe in, and you put that to the test, sure. you're either going to have a whole brand new way of thinking, an open mind, or you're going to solidify what you already sure. believe for the, sure. those reasons. And I think that's really really important because again, going back to that emotional based conversation. Um, if you're basing it off of what you know, but you don't know everything, that's where we, I think that's wherein lies the problem of the, yeah. the, the, uh, uh, within our, our outdoor community. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta educate yourselves. And, and I'm not saying we're not uneducated. What I'm saying is, you know, I, I go back, I loved hunting Clearfield County growing mm-hmm. up. We quit hunting there in the early 90s because we weren't seeing the deer. And to drive up there, I love driving up 322, going to the camp, and car after car on that Saturday, Sunday, orange, 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 orange. You're like, wow, you know. But then you drive back Tuesday night, you saw three deer. Yep. So you go, okay, am I going to keep driving up there? Or am I going to start getting in this archery thing? More opportunity. Then if I drive up and already, you know, there's a big difference when you walk in the first day of rifle in the woods and you already got your buck, you know, and you only need a doe. You're helping other people. They're a whole different attitude. Um, and so you got to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and with deer hunting, you know, one of the biggest changes I see across the state is that last day. That last day a buck used to be. You are going to stand in that deer stand or up against that tree till you can't see your hand. That's not the way it is anymore. Right. It, it, the people, and I'm not putting the Pennsylvania hunters down. They're not. It's just they're not doing that anymore. Not no, definitely. The last day used to be. Uh, we don't care if there's a death in the family. We'll have the viewing on Sunday. Well, you know what I mean. You got to get out there, and that, that's just not the case anymore. Yeah. Speaking but, to that, I just got to tell this funny story. There's a guy um, we've run into over the years in state game lands and state forest land where we hunt. Uh, in where, where we do a lot of bear hunting, but this guy is a—he's a woodsman. I don't really know him personally, but he told this story. Um, one of the guys in camp shot this uh, shot at this buck, uh, or saw this buck. He saw this buck. It was a beautiful once-in-a-lifetime mountain buck. I mean, we're we're talking—you know—if you had to guess, it was probably one of those 140 class 10 pointers running through the big woods of Pennsylvania, something like that. He saw the deer, and it ran down. Th- this 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 guy in the in camp saw this deer, ran down across the side hill, and ran to this guy that I'm talking about that we've run into in the woods. I believe he's fairly local, and he he missed that deer. And uh, years later, they they connected in the woods, and we're telling this they were t- transpiring this conversation. That was you that missed that buck that time back in whatever year it was. And he said, "Yep, it was." And and he he said the date. I'm going to say the date wrong, but let's just say it, it was. It was December 3rd, 1984, and the only reason I remember it specifically is because that was the day my son was born. Can you like so can you imagine you were deer hunting that that day and your son was born while you were deer hunting? Like that's that's the level like when I think about the history of Pennsylvania, that's the passion that we come from and it is different now. It's it's way different now. I'm sure there's still people out there who would do that, but I just that dynamic then to now, I think, is different. Well, the the man, Glenn Blauk, that I took over for in our county, he got married on a Sunday, and Monday was the first day of buck season. He was in the, up the mountain. Yeah. Like, okay, the honeymoon's cut short because it's first day of buck. Um, and I'm not saying there's less passion these days. It's, a different, it's directed at different places. Right. And um, so, and again, you know, the youth sports has had a huge impact on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to change and I'll give a good example of changing using some good data. I've been to counties where they are now switching their hunter ed programs to a Wednesday in the summertime. And what's the reason for that? There's, there's no clinic on a Saturday at the school for field hockey or lacrosse. Parents can come to work and go, or take your kid to work. They go to work and let drop their kid off. 
their classes are filled. Oh, that's that's smart. Yeah, they said, you know, when are the kids available? Saturday and Sunday. I just drove here. I drove by three baseball fields. Right. There wasn't a person. You couldn't find a seat in the stands. Weekends, weekends, weekends. So they went to a weekday. It gives the instructors the weekend off, and it's less. Con- it's more convenient to the parents, and their classes are filled, and it's in the summer. That's another example of adapting to the situation. Got to adapt to a situation. Yeah, and, and uh, so that's what PFSC is doing is we, we sit back and say, okay, let's adapt. Let's present the hunter's view, the sportsman's view, and let's do it in a reasonable way. Let's come together. And we don't always agree on the board, but we have delegates from every county that come to our conferences. And, they're, you know, the guy in Armstrong County has a different view of hunting than Barks. Absolutely. It's just the way it is. Uh, so we have to come to some common ground and present it in a good way. And we're always at the Game Commission hearings. They know us. Uh, the Game Commission and Fish Commission write articles for our magazine. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit more about um, what does it look like? Uh, what does a membership look like, PFSC? Uh, you know, What do you provide with that membership? Uh, what information is out there for people to find out more about PFSC, that kind of thing? Well, that's, that's a great question. First, we have different levels of membership. We have your e-membership, which is $20 a year. And you get everything on your phone. And I tell people, have somebody in your club join. And then they'll be like, my phone is dinging all the time with emails. Yeah, it does, because that's how proactive we are. There's another level where the base level, you get the magazine online. You join a little bit higher up. You get the magazine four times a year in print. Some people like the print version. Um, you can become a lifetime member. Your club can join. Now, when a club joins an organization, they get a 10% vote, which means if you have 500 members, you get 50 votes. So then when there's sometimes a game commissioner, fish commissioner, hey, what does your membership say? They, that we put a survey out. You get to vote. If you're an individual, you get to vote. If you're in a club, you get to vote. And there are things... I don't agree with, but guess what? That's not my job. My job is to represent the outdoorsmen. Right. That's democracy, right? That's democracy. That's how we operate because, you know, if it was all said and done, I want hunting to go to Monday, but guess what? I I adapted. Archery gives me seven weeks. In this area, if you go a little bit more east, Mm -hmm. my word, I know they're not still hunting, but it seems like they're still hunting deer, you know, even though it's uh, May here. Yeah. But uh, there's more opportunity. Um, but I, you know, I, with the membership, we are in Harrisburg, so you don't have to be right. And we keep you updated and we listen to our members. Yeah. And you know, like I was, I was browsing through your website, you know, you, you provided me here with the, the winter edition of the magazine. There's, there's a ton of information about what's going on, oh. but there's, there's other information that you're providing as well like from, from as far as upcoming events and things like that. I mean, yep. is there anything, anything to, to speak on that? Yeah, we have a couple, uh, I call them Zooms, where you, you log in, you pay a little fee, and then there's prizes at the end, and we have topics from all over the state. So the, the biologist that's introducing the Martin had a an hour session. Yeah, Tom. Uh, well, great guy. Great guy. Had I, him on the show. I'm going to tell you, I was, I've heard him so many times. Yeah, just just a great, his, I tell you about it's, even if you're not into the outdoors, listen to him, because it talks about the history of PA. Um, so we provide that kind of stuff. We, you know, uh, we're always at the outdoor show or we try to do every little outdoor show in the state. We want everybody to be a member because we want your voice. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you a great example. Um, we had a, a club from Pittsburgh area that said, we would like to see this changed. So they wrote up a resolution and handed it to us. And we took it to the game commissioner. Like that makes sense. It's from a different angle. And so we, we allow that. Hey, tell us what you think. Tell us what you don't like. What can we improve? Um, so that's how we operate. Um, and, again, we don't always agree in that boardroom, I can tell right. you right now. But I want 50 years from now that there's somebody doing my job and the kids, there's, you know, people are hunting and fishing. And I said this, I was hunting upstate and uh, come out of the woods and uh, – this guy standing on the Gamelands Road, and he goes, hey, I know who you are. He said, we watched you on YouTube 
presenting what you're doing. And I said, sir, my goal, and I was talking to him, I said, why are you here on the road? He goes, well, my son's up in the woods with my grandson. I said, my goal, sir, is that someday your grandson sitting here with that gun and his grandson is up there. He's yep. the grandfather telling stories about you. The guy got teary-eyed. He goes, thank you. Yep. Because we're 91 years old to PFSC, and we are moving forward, and, and we may have rested a little bit on our laurels. 80s and 90s, everybody joined. They're not joining as much anymore. That's a, a new generation. But you still need to get your voice heard. So I'm asking everybody, you get your hunting license, join the PFSC. And, yes, an e-membership is $20. You know, my wife and I went out to eat the other night. I'm not going to say the restaurant, but it was $72. And yep. I'm like, that was spaghetti. Like, and it's like, I, I see, and I'm not putting hunters down. I'm not. I, I know what they spend. I know their passion. You're driving a $55,000 to $70,000 pickup. You're hunting with your $1,500 gun. God love you. Join us for 20 bucks. Let us have you enjoy that. You know, and I'm not I'm not downing any hunter. No, 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 no. But it's a good good example of where yeah. we have our priorities. Yeah, and it, I'm just like, you know, join us. Have your club join so that when we walk into Harrisburg, and I'll give you a great example of the numbers game in politics. Um, there was an election, and I called all the people running. In this county, every organization in the county told me their membership numbers. And I said, I represent 11,414 sportsmen at vote. Whoa, 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 pick up the phone because voters, have, what's every politician worried about? Let's face it, re-election. And when you say that's how many people you represent, if I go in there screaming and say, I think 243 should be outlawed in the state and it's just me, they're going to go, get back in your car. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. But when you walk in there, the way that PFSC does very professional, and they know our numbers, they need to talk to us. Mm-hmm. And that's the way we operate. And we have a lot of good people, and our numbers are growing, and I hope they continue to grow. Yeah, I absolutely hope so. Um, you know, we were talking earlier. I keep circling back to this one because it is very the, the Saturday-Monday thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you brought up social media and how things go. When I started this, you know, I was I was looking to try to find the, the most diversity on my show within the state, and and I never did social media until I started this podcast. So, uh, you know, I, I did what a lot of people do: started my page, um, and I started following a couple of pages throughout, you know, the state, and uh, learned quickly hmm. that it wasn't um, wasn't what I thought it would be. It's a lot of negative naysay type things. Um, but, you know, there's there's pages and stuff that talk about the Saturday hunting versus the Monday hunting and people's thoughts on that. And you'll, you'll see this poll taken here and this poll taken here. And I, I said before, I'm not going to buy any of that because I think there's too much bias mm-hmm. behind those. And I said, until I see a, a survey that's taken by... Um, I used to say by the game commission, you know, something that, you know, when you buy your hunting license and they give you three questions they ask and would you, and one of them being, would your preferred day of opening day of deer season be Monday after Thanksgiving or Saturday after Thanksgiving? You get that from license sales. Then I'm going to say, okay, that is a very, very accurate representation. I know not everybody's going to fill it out, but it's people who buy their hunting license and it's, it's, uh, information provided there that you can say that. And uh, I, I'm bringing this up to say the the way you uh, PF, PFSC handles their thing is that's as close as you're going to get with, with that. I mean, w- the way you network with, uh, you know, the trapping community or clubs and such, like, that's really close. I mean, it's there's there's no uh, no left or right wing thing. It's a neutral thing just trying to provide the facts, and that's what I like. That's all we do. It's We try to be as unbiased as we can. Um, Again, we represent the Pennsylvania Trappers Association, and um, they they have a board member, Don Klinger, great man. Charlie Sykes is a president, great person. And uh, when it comes to trapping, tell us what your membership says. Mm-hmm. I'm not a trapper. I've done events with them and done some things, you know, and, and I can appreciate in the service they provide second to none with getting rid of, you know, you can't have overpopulation, but... We listen to them. They're the experts. Yep. And that's what we do. 
That's what I like. Well, hey, we've been rolling here. We we this was a great conversation. Dwayne, is there anything you wanna you wanna leave us with here, or any other things that maybe I skimmed over and you wanna revisit or mi- I missed? The only thing I can tell people listening is join us. Uh, it'll be the best if you join it. You know, thirty five dollars is an individual membership. It's the best thirty five dollars you're gonna spend when it's concerning the outdoors. Uh, you get so much information. You stay outdoors. You go fishing. You go to the range. You go in woods. Let us do your battle in Harrisburg. And that way, in 25 years, you know, when you're maybe no longer with us or I'm no longer with you, we still have these hunting traditions because there are people that want to take them away. Right. And our goal is to keep them going. Keep them going. Um, I'm assuming if people would look on, I'm sure there's all the the social media uh, stuff out there for PFSC. I'm sure if you look up PFSC on that, you know, their their website, I believe, is is just PFSC.com. Yep. Um, So that's a a great way to to look into it more. Is is there any other things that people ought to check out? Well, we have a Facebook page, and uh, we uh, post things on, see every event I do, any event any of the officers do is on there. Um, Yeah, and and contact the office and say, hey, we want a a representative to come out and uh, talk to our club, talk to our church group, talk to our whatever. I went and spoke at a kayaking group because they want clean water. Right. Nothing to do with fishing, nothing to do with game. They just don't want pollution. I got it. So I went and spoke to them. So, yeah, have us come out and speak. We're available. Um, Join us on Facebook. Become a member. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a a legacy thing. Become a member and let us do the fighting for you. I think that's a great way to end it. Dwayne, thank you so much again. Well, thank you for having us.